0: Welcome to Beer Life. My name is Jordan Foss, and on today's episode, I have Julia Hanlon of Steamworks. Uh, We're going to talk to Julia about her days working at Molson, and why she went from big beer to craft. Uh, We're also going to talk about her training process, and how she keeps turning out amazing brewers that seem to keep getting poached by other BC breweries. Uh, We're also going to talk about beer trends, and where Julia gets her inspiration from. Here we go with episode 8 of Beer Life. Well, welcome to the show, Julia. Julia. Thank you. And you were a little late because you are currently on parental leave.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: So what's more difficult, managing children or managing the team at Steamworks? Oh, God.
1: (laughs) Depends on the day. (laughs) Right now, I want to say... I'm well I'm a mom of 3 so in some ways I know what to expect. So uh some days I feel like okay, I can handle this. I can I know what to expect. Uh at the brewery, you know, sometimes it's it's not that way. So yeah. I don't know. I think probably managing the brewery is actually harder than the kids.
0: Really? Well, that's great. Uh, some of the time. Yeah. <laughs> um so as uh, a mom of 3 and I have two kids and your children what ages are they?
1: Uh 7, 5 and Almost four months.
0: Almost four months, and yeah. so in mine earth gonna. He's going to be four, and then the youngest is going to be one soon. I can't imagine having having three children. Um, two's tough enough. It, does three just it just roll like with two? Like you're already kind of screwed anyways. So you may as well just add <laughs> another one.
1: Yeah, kind of. I mean. I would say like the transition from one to two sucked. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it was like. But you didn't having, know that having a ba- like a newborn and a toddler at the same time is, is awful. Sh- shit. Yeah, I don't recommend it. Yeah. Um, I think had I known then what I know now, I would have had more of like an age gap going into that those first two. And so now that we have this almost five year between our middle child and youngest, yeah, it's actually rad. Like they can help. Yeah, and they there's no jealousy. They're, like, obsessed with their brother.
0: That's good. Like, and, that, and,
1: and like, I can actually do things, and if he starts fussing, I'm like, girls, help out your brother. And yeah. they're, they're a game to do that. So
0: And I think, like, I know our oldest son, Jude, He he's great with Lennox, the little one, but he's still... Because he's not quite four yet He's still in that jealous He gets jealous Yeah And and uh, so we just put the boys In the same room Which has been an absolute nightmare And oh, okay. yeah and We had
1: the opposite experience Really? Yeah oh. I was like why didn't we do this sooner yeah, Maybe they well, were older though I don't maybe, know
0: Maybe Yeah one wakes the other one up Three year
1: olds are dicks
0: They are like, <laughs> You know what
1: Major Like oh,
0: God. They are because And three year olds too Talks about I'm terrible three. twos And I'm like oh, I'm fucking crushing this As a parent <laughs> Because two was awesome And he was so good And he was sweet and kind And then Yesterday, where I'm making um, dinner and taco salads, Kev yeah, We were I talking had, about yeah. taco salads. I had
2: it too. Good. Taco Tuesday. Y- uh, oh no, it was, was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Oh shit! Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you've been up
0: early. With <laughs> yeah, that's I'm all sure. right.
2: And it's hard to tell what the days.
0: Yeah. Plus, this is a podcast, so the <laughs> yeah. time won't really matter. It's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm making I'm making tacos or taco salad, and I can hear my wife Alyssa saying, "Jude, don't dump the water out on the deck." And then he's like But I want to And she's like Well no please don't Listen to mom (laughs) And then she comes inside And I can hear this And I'm like You little shit And then like And then he knows And then he runs And then I'm like This isn't like you You're not a little dick But then every person Every parent I talk to That has already had A three year old That's older now Says that it's It's awful That's the age Right And I mean Awful is put He's still a really sweet Nice kid But like they're just, they're yeah. expressing themselves, Testing right? Those limits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, um, I'm yeah. far away from it. So, yeah, you've got I'm time. I'm scared. Yeah. 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 So, um, do you miss brewing right now that year, or is it nice just having the year? Are you taking one full year off? Um, to be determined. Okay. I
1: think now that, um, I think going into it, I was talking about taking less time off this time. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm in it and I know, like, this is definitely the last time we're doing this, um, I feel like I kind of want to stay home for the year, um, yeah. mm-hmm. but also now that he's getting to be four months old, I'm getting my sanity back a little bit. Yeah. Um, so at this point, yeah, I'm starting to like reengage a little bit more in what's going on in the brewery, and like um, I am missing <laughs> some things, or yeah. like just missing like knowing what's going on day to day and stuff yeah. like that. Although they keep pretty good touch with me through like WhatsApp. We have a a brewers group, so like I see everything that goes through there and everything that's going on
0: so So you haven't you don't have you haven't actually checked out entirely no no
1: I didn't want to do that so it's kind of like my other baby you know
0: for sure yeah and so let's talk about the other baby the one that gives you more love in return and and (laughs) doesn't ask for too much uh how did you get into beer to begin with
1: um well it it started like right out of school actually or well goes back farther than that, I guess. It started in school and I started drinking a lot of beer. and In, um, in
0: elementary school or university? No. <laughs>
1: in university. Okay. Um, and where'd you go
0: to university? I went to UBC. Okay.
1: Chemical engineering, chemical and biological engineering at UBC. Um, <clears throat> yeah, started enjoying a lot of beer there. Um, realized kind of partway through my degree that I didn't really want to do what my degree was training me to yeah. do in like a traditional sense. Like, um, I didn't want to do oil and gas and like those heavy industries. And I've always really loved food and beverage, and I love baking and I love cooking. And so I started to sort of get into more like food science courses as my electives. And uh, and kind of by the last year of school, I was like, yeah, I want to. I want to work in a brewery. Okay. And um, at the time, that would have been like 2000. 2004 yeah um, so basically at that time it was like molson and well steamworks brew pub, i guess right. was yeah. around mm-hmm. but like the boom that we've seen in craft locally just wasn't there yet um so i don't know i lived on the west side because i was going to ubc drove by molson or you know went by molson pretty frequently they had a job opening. I applied for it, and I was like, "I really want to work. I really want to work there. Please hire me." And uh, they hired me into this program called the Production Trainee Program, which is how they bring up like all their brewers um, into into the organization, basically. Right. Um, so it's kind of like an apprenticeship program.
0: What I is guess? your day to day like? But I got paid. Well, that's yeah, that's yeah, nice. nice. Yeah.
1: Um, my day to day, the first two years that I worked for Molson, I worked in every single aspect of the brewery, like from um, brewing, obviously, logistics, the people that order all the materials, uh, running the packaging equipment, um, going in tanks and pushing out yeast, like I got to do everything, Um, which was pretty fortunate because it's a unionized uh, brewery. And so the union kind of allowed people in this position to do their jobs, which Mm -hmm. was really cool. Um, and then the second year, the program sent me to another brewery, which was, uh, I worked in Montreal for a year.
0: Oh, what brewery over there?
1: Uh, at Molson. At Molson. Yeah. That was
0: their Montreal location. Okay.
1: Montreal location. Uh, the idea being that every brewery is different and yeah. uh, to just gain a bit of experience in a different, different setup. And it was uh, very much Frank phone work environment. And I did like high school French up to grade nine
2: Yeah. like
1: the first time I could stop doing French I did yeah <laughs> uh, so that was it it wasn't uh, I would say like too challenging on a like technical level but on a personal level it was like probably right remains the hardest thing I've done wow. really? besides what, having kids <laughs>
0: was it a, is it a bigger uh, is it a bigger location uh, it's Andrew? bigger yeah it's yeah. bigger
1: than Vancouver by quite a lot and especially then um, I mean, as we know, cans have taken off uh, in the beer market and they were like a heavy bottle facility, whereas Vancouver was heavy into canning already. Yeah, um, yeah, so I was basically like a production foreman on the bottle line, one of the bottle lines there. Yeah, Yeah, it was intense. I had like 20 or so people that were working on the line that I had to kind of manage and I was like 26 and a woman and most of the guys were like my dad's age and french
0: <laughs> <laughs> so obviously even in uh you know i guess that would have been in the 2008 ish time yeah,
1: 2006 or something yeah. like that and and still
0: you know obviously in in the even macro beer still really male dominated
1: oh yeah yeah and yeah. like the age there was like a group of people that were sort of often like the children of the people that were about to retire and then there was a lot of people that were really close to retirement and kind of like no one in the middle
0: well I guess like when you're you know if you're in a unionized manufacturing job like it makes sense people never leave that right like Mm -hmm. I look at my own father-in-law and he worked at um, Kruger Mill which is just up the street from Steel and Oak and he worked there his whole entire life my dad worked for Finning his yeah. whole entire life
1: people just don't do that anymore no, no no it's crazy
0: which is yeah which makes it difficult to like when you're running a business to be like okay how do I hold on to all these people right
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's another like
0: yeah <laughs>
1: conversation
0: <laughs> so so I'll, and I'll get into that. I'm gonna get into that um the so you're at Molson in Montreal and then you go back to I came
1: out to Vancouver yeah. I'm originally from Vancouver grew up in Tawasin um so my family is out here my um well my then boyfriend had come out to Montreal with me, but yeah. he's now my husband yeah. of almost 10 years. Um, he's from Vancouver as well, so it was always in the plan to definitely come back to Vancouver and yeah. like settle here, and I don't know, I just never saw myself living anywhere else, so. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, you're at Molson, and what? when did, did you decide to, you took over the Steamworks gig in what year?
1: Um, Not until 2015. And
0: were you at Molson all the way through until then?
1: So I was at Molson for 10 years. Um, In that time, obviously, a lot had changed in the Vancouver beer scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I had known, um, for example, like Justin from Red Truck, he had...
0: Right, because he was at Molson too, he right? He was at Molson yeah. too. Yeah,
1: we were had our desks right next to each other for a number of years. <laughs> um, he had moved to Red Truck, yeah. and I was beginning to see like other possibilities in beer that were also in Vancouver that I could do. Yeah, <laughs> um, and have more creativity with. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So I think after I think that my experience at Molson was fantastic, um, especially on like the quality side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and just organization and everything but it was after 10 years in it I would I didn't really feel like what I thought I was gonna be doing as a brewer was what I was doing right yeah um, I was doing at that point like pretty much people management um, and not you know all the creative stuff was yeah. handled at a corporate level and so we didn't really get to touch that much and so I kind of decided I didn't really want to do that anymore. It wasn't—it just wasn't where I wanted to be, and it, yeah. ten years was kind of a milestone. And um,
0: so did you have kids? Did you have kids by then?
1: Yes, yeah. I was actually on maternity leave with my second when I decided, decided to start looking around. So
0: you started to look. It wasn't like Steamworks came calling while you were at, at Molson. Well, it
1: was sort of serendipitous because um, an ex-colleague of mine had left Molson, and he had been part of the core group that um, was actually starting the brewery. Oh, okay. Um,
0: the production brewery in Burnaby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so I phoned him up and I said, Hey, uh, do you guys, are you guys hiring? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, Oh, did you get my email? I said, no, what email? And he's like, check your email. I said, check. I'm like, I don't have anything. Um, he's like, oh, it's still in my outbox. Keelan, Keelan yeah. Vaughn, who is the original brewmaster in Burnaby, he's moving back to Australia. So we're looking for a new head brewer. And I was like, oh my God, I'm coming over right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I came over like right then. <laughs> wow. Had yeah. a beer with um, uh, Walter Cosman, who was the GM at the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history. And So,
0: yeah. Cool. So, what is the, if you could pick like one, I know there's probably a whole bunch, but like, what is the one main difference that you notice outside of creativity? Because obviously Mm -hmm. that's a given from going to, from Molson Canadian to Steamworks. Now, Steamworks isn't a, a small brewery from our craft standard in BC, no. I guess, but it's still very small. So, you know, what, what's kind of the main, I guess, was was there a moment where you're like, oh, shit, this is how this, this, is how this works here. Like, was there kind of a, a shock from being able to be in what I'm assuming is a very well-run corporation to <laughs> something that, well, that makes me feel better that it's not that well-run? <laughs>
1: well, it's not that it's not well-run. It's just such a big machine and there's yeah. so many moving parts and, like, Like any business, I found it to sort of be kind of siloed, and so um, you know certain parts of an organization like that have their agenda, and it might not be what your part of the organization's agenda is. Right. um, As in any business, I think there's like conflicting goals, I guess. But um, the biggest difference, uh, (laughs) I would say, on the on the plus side, um, and let's like it's all mostly po- positive. I, I uh, like I say I don't want to downplay or say I had a negative experience at Molson, but the biggest difference I think is just the collaboration I think in yeah. in the community. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. as opposed to like cutthroat competition right. like must kill the other guys that I was like used to at Molson and like we were constantly barraged with statistics and market share numbers and yeah. things like that yeah. versus like the other guy right yeah um so when I came to Steamworks um I was actually pretty scared I was like oh my god are people going to accept me yeah because I come from like this Big macro beer. brewer yeah. um and i'm i'm kind of a uh, I'm kind of a shy person, so I was pretty nervous about it, but yeah everybody I think the first event that I went to was the v c b w like opening night, and it was at um roundhouse right yeah. yeah and I was kind of shaking in my boots and everybody was just really nice hmm. and uh yeah, really accepting of me as a brewer and had lots of questions about what it was like to work at Molson and but weren't like, oh. Yeah. yeah you just made that
0: look down on you because you were working for a macro yeah. like
1: pale yellow beer that tastes like every other pale yellow yeah. beer it's consistent know? though uh, yeah yeah <laughs> that's for sure
0: the um it's funny because like i I look at you know our this industry you're right is super unique and which is kind of why we I wanted to start this podcast is because it's cool that we can all talk even though technically we still all compete for the same shelf space mm-hmm. and um But I also think, too, like, when you're in our industry and most of us run these breweries that are so tiny, um, you're always interested in what an actual properly run brewery looks like. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I, I, um, you know, episode two, Josh and I talked about it briefly. But, like, when we were at the Craft Brewers Conference in Denver this last year, we went out to um, uh, to, to Coors. And it was just amazing to see, like, how it operates and how... um, you know, inefficient, we, we operate. And, uh, I had made a comment that like they had, it was like four people running their packaging line that I could see on the, on the floor because yeah. everything was so automated yeah. and it takes us like four people to run our maheen. yeah. And, um, <laughs> so, you know, they definitely have it dialed in. So I think there's always like this curiosity, yeah. um, from people that haven't worked in big beer to, to be like, what is it like? What is it? What you know, cause I, I think there are certain, there are a lot of things that big beer does that we should be trying to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, mainly with efficiencies and, and, uh, it's but, funny
1: because it never really felt like we were super efficient, which is we great. Were, that we makes me never, feel so good. <laughs> we were never efficient enough because the targets just kept moving Right. because it's such a, it's such a cutthroat business that, you know, costs are always, you know, working in operations and production. Yeah. Like all of our goals were which is what what, one of the reasons I left everything was around like reducing cost yeah right and like trying to make the business profitable to compete with the changing market and um, you know beer volumes as a whole across the industry going down and stuff like that so it felt like we were just like never doing good enough
0: Hmm. right Um, which is kind of shitty when you like yeah I think it's hard to um, I know with like our own small team at Steel and Oak like we still you know set sales goals and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. But we're always growing so you're right the target always moves and in the industry things change so fast so I'm always super conscious that like it does always seem like bad news even though it's not (laughs) yeah right because you're always trying to achieve something Mm -hmm. better and and Mm -hmm. so how do you frame that in like a positive way rather than be like oh you guys did this well now I need you to do that because that's what we're going to work towards now this year right Yeah. so yeah yeah and so you now you started Seamworks now for those of you listening, Kevin, our producer, also worked at Steamworks.
2: And Good. was Kevin there already? I, I think, think we started just... I think you had been hired, but you were on leave. I was
1: still finishing my... Yeah, and then, ride, I, yeah.
2: Yeah, and then I got hired. Because I remember meeting you there. Like, you'd come in one day, and I think you were...
1: I used to had, come in to, on Fridays to yeah, ping pong. Yeah, to play pong. ping
2: pong, yeah, in the back. And uh, why don't we have a ping pong table? Where would we put it? <laughs> we don't have room. <laughs> That's true. All right. It's a bigger. Yeah, Steamworks is bigger. Uh, yeah, so I had I just started there... At that time. And that was my sort of first, I guess, real beer job um, as well. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Got to know Julia fairly well during that time. And yeah. And now you're here. Now I'm here. We still with live me. in the same neighborhood. We do still. We live like almost. I'd say we could probably count houses. Probably that's think. how close we are. Good but for I you. Never run into <laughs> no, we never see you for, <laughs> You guys are both Of those Vancouver people that have children that still live in Vancouver, which is
0: great. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, but
1: my husband was pushing New West a couple years ago. Was he? Yeah, we, started yeah. we missed
0: at I think yes. Yeah. We was missed like, it. I missed point? it. <laughs> yeah, it's all relative. Like it, you know. It's it's. I was actually filling out my my personal net worth statement this morning for our bank oh, wow. because they. That sounds fun. Yeah, right. It's depressing, and because they like to make sure that if everything goes sideways they can take everything else from me so <laughs> i'm i'm filling it out and then but luckily and i mean steel and oak wouldn't exist if this wasn't the case but like my business partner and i both bought houses in new west in 2010 yeah and
1: when, uh we bought our house in 2011 yeah,
0: yeah and which and it still at that point was this insane stretch and i didn't think we were going to be able to manage it my wife and i and and uh and now i'm like shit, like. shit, it's it's crazy how much a house costs mm-hmm. now in new west and the other thing too is like now that we've got these young these young kids there's no other young families moving to our street anymore right because it's too bloody expensive yeah. and uh so like they're the only kids on the block basically and uh they have nobody to play with they're gonna be sad boys yeah but uh all right enough real estate uh, talk let's, right <laughs> let's get back to beer um so you're at steamworks what are the first couple changes like when when you got there where you're like everything was already flowing really well, or were there a few things that you had learned from your Molson days that you're like, I need to change this right away, and, and I know that we'll operate better because of that?
1: Yeah, there's definitely a few things, um, and it's not like the sexy stuff, I guess. It was like the way we were doing our CIPs, Yeah. Um, you know, the strength and the time we were doing it, and the validation that we had on that. And at the time, um, we didn't have uh, any micro test like microbiological testing on any rare beers. Um we were starting to ship beers to Europe and so that was a huge area of you know, that was something that would keep me up at night, like, oh my gosh, we're sending beer across across the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're not we're not able, like we don't have the equipment or the yeah the expertise to check certain things in the brewery right now so um making sure all of our sanitation was like really dialed in as much as it could be with the equipment that we had which was very nice equipment um but then over the years now we've added like we have a full-time microbiological well we have a full-time lab manager and uh who is he's got a phd he's amazing wow uh he's our first doctor at steamworks wow that's Um, crazy um and yeah, he has completely, I think, kind of built the program from the ground up with what, I, like, what I always wanted it to be. But yeah, there's a significant expense there in terms of, you know, finding a person with those
2: skills mm-hmm.
1: and that wants to work in beer, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. make
2: like not nearly as much. beer money. Yeah, um, it's lifestyle. Come on, yes, yeah.
1: and also just on equipment. Seconds. And like we had a we had a. I'm not going to lie like Steamworks had a pretty kitted out lab when we started. Yeah. Keelan was did a great job of setting up that lab. Yeah. But it was just I used just to go in
2: there things. when I would do brewery tours of Steamworks and just
1: You'd be I'd like,
2: just, <laughs> uh, that yeah, I didn't I don't <laughs> know. That over there." <laughs> yeah, that thing looks like it it's yeah, not like our lab upstairs at Steel no, and Oak. That very, is. I know that like I think I can name the things in our lab cuz I'm like, "That's a microscope." And that's about, That's all that's in there. I think. The guy that used to and the
1: microscope do, is probably one of the most important things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we've right.
2: always had the microscope, but the guy that used to take on our lab and QC program
0: now works at Steamworks. He does, yeah. So yeah. you know, but that's okay. I don't that's think great. he's in the lab though. No, he's not. He does numbers. <laughs> yeah, Jackson, he's great. We had oh, a, yeah. we had a beer yeah. last week actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's great, smart kid. So
1: we've traded some. Uh, personnel. You've traded
0: people. I always <laughs> actually f- I felt like it's funny because like actually I remember you being like, "Are you mad at me?" <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, because I, I I mean Kevin and <laughs> I'm like. No <laughs> <laughs> Like we're, uh, we're a little mad That's I was sad. looking for Kind of Well what Kevin does sad. Sad. Oh, am sad Yeah well this is good yeah. Right yeah. That yeah. means Kevin was doing A good job yeah. Right yes. I think so And um, But I actually was worried About that too Because It's one of those Weird industries Where Like if you have Like you don't want To poach people From other no. Because we all hang out And see each other All the time mm-hmm. And you don't want To make somebody else's Life harder mm-hmm. And I, We were talking about it The other day It's this weird thing Where like I've had people apply for jobs here and from other breweries and I'll make them tell the other, which sounds like a dick move in any other industry, but like, I'm like, you need to tell, like, keep in mind, like we shared a house together at the CBAs last year. Like you you were, we're friends. You need to tell this person that you've applied and and Or or don't And I can't I'm not gonna bring you in Cause it sucks But like I'm just not gonna do that To, to Well i do it to Ben at Dagrad for sure Fuck that <laughs> No But like But you know you, you Ben's a great example Like we're really close in, But he runs that brew With like four people And so if you ever took one He'd be screwed Yeah And then and I can like, think of, Like Ben's got twins at home He's gonna have to work more Aaron <laughs> his wife Is gonna hate me now And and so it's like It's interesting It's cool that it's it You know That you think about it that way But I remember when We eventually hired Kev um. Yeah, I was. I was. I was worried because, for sure. I mean, I know that you guys were in different departments, but it's still a tight industry. And and mm-hmm. and um, and then yeah, sure enough, a year later, Steamworks took two back. Actually, they did. Yeah, two.
2: Yeah, so that says a lot about me. Right, you're two for one. Yeah, yeah it's pretty <laughs> good. two. It's pretty good. That's great. And yeah. I think there was a draft pick involved or something.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a few. Some future considerations. Yeah, future considerations. Um so let's talk about people then we're already do you find that at at steamworks that's still one of your biggest challenges is how uh, to hold it talent is,
1: it is like bar on the biggest challenge everybody you train up goes
0: somewhere else to be a head brewer which is kudos uh, to you yeah
1: i feel like we're a really good um practice ground for we <laughs> yeah. are good
0: head at training brewers. yeah
1: but uh yeah it does it's it's a constant just when you start to feel comfortable with like okay that we got this team together we got a really good like we're We got a good vibe. Um everybody seems happy in their job. Yeah. Um, something happens all the fucking time. Yeah. Um and so you can never be too comfortable with your team or staffing or any of it. Uh and a lot of the times, um, it's not to go to another brewery even. Like sure that that also happens, especially if, you know, we've as you know, we've had a number of people leave to start their own breweries Uh or Sideries, even. I was just thinking, um, like, I think
2: almost everyone that was on the brew team when I was working there is now either running their own brewery yeah. or is the head brewer of another brewery.
1: Yeah, that's that's is pretty, pretty accurate. Crazy. Yeah, or they like went and tried. Like a lot of people left yeah. Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Um, for some of the reasons that we've already we've already talked about, like the cost of living here versus you know what we. I mean, Steamworks is a very competitive place like wage wise to work um in the industry because we are a little bit bigger and uh so we've sort of i've strived to have us be in that spot but um yeah it's it's tough like the number of people that have leave left to go back to wherever they're from like if they're from ontario or from australia australia (laughs) or ireland or yeah yeah we've had a lot of uh permanent residents work at steamworks too that have ended up going back but a lot of the time it's like life goals you know like people want to be able to buy a house and they want to be able to afford to have kids and have a house and Mm -hmm. so it's been um and i've said it to my husband many times like if i come home from the brewery and it's like i'm really really stressed out it's usually because of that not because of something that's going on with the beer the beer is actually it's it's easy and predictable like yeah. yeast ferments, sugar, Yeah, it's going to be fine. Yeah, But the people side is way more challenging. It's
0: always, that's, a, that's always the way with, I mean, obviously with us too, is like, I. that's what I, com- not complain, but that's what I'm always the most stressed, stressed. about all the time. Yeah. right? And like, and even when things are going, when things are going really well with all your people, I'm always stressed. I'm like, okay, how can I make sure that, you know, that now we reward them because things yes. are going bad. And then something <laughs> changes and you're like, shit. And um, it, we've had, um, we've been pretty lucky that, Uh, Most of our, um, like our head brewer, Eric, has been with us since day one, but our original head brewer, Peter, had left after a couple years to go, same, he's not even in beer anymore, he's up north farming somewhere, and we had a really steady team up until about, I guess, three and a half years in, and then I think it was kind of like that time where, like, we obviously hire a lot of young kids that, I mean, kids, people in their 20s, and, you know, everybody's starting to, to take the job because it's cool and mm-hmm. it seems really fun. And they don't realize that it's just a manufacturing job with a lot of cleaning. Yeah. And um, and then after a while, the, you know, yeah, they start to reconsider, like, do I actually want to do this? Mm-hmm. And because we're such we're such a small brewery, they know that there's limits on on what their role is actually going to be. Right? Yeah. And all of them want to be the, the people that write recipes. Yeah. And all,
1: like And hopefully your head brewer is not going anywhere and like.
0: Yeah. And even I hope not. He's in Halifax right now. I know. hope he's not at two crows, but
1: <laughs> at Steamworks, I, yeah, people realize I'm not going anywhere too. So it's like, I yeah. get to a certain point and in many ways you can, you can definitely be a lead brewer or a senior brewer at Steamworks and go be a head brewer, at a smaller brewery yeah, yeah. and be totally ready for that role. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's just now I've kind of, uh, understand that that's, the deal and
0: yeah. you
2: have to have systems in place yeah. to, to, to know plug that. people in yeah because yeah. Yeah. yeah like i said when i was there i know a couple guys that came through that that were like i mean maybe not with you up front but i mean i remember a couple guys even saying they'd basically just come there to learn mm-hmm. on a bigger system with the already goal of then moving yeah. on somewhere else which yeah. you know but in a way i mean that does say something about steamworks as far as like what you're doing there with that, with that brewery and, and, being able to give these people the training, I suppose that they need to then go on and, and do their own thing. So
1: maybe um, I should stop doing that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it would well, make my
1: life so um, much easier. <laughs> the
2: real money's in
1: consulting. So that's <laughs> yeah.
0: what you could do, right? No, yeah, yeah, totally. So go through a normal day for you at Steamworks and what it entails. Cause I'm pretty confident everybody listening is probably like, Oh, you're, you know, thrown grain into the mill, and you're you're actually on the floor brewing day to day. But my assumption is that is not the case. So, what, no,
1: that is not the case. What is your day? Um, what is
0: your day to day look like now?
1: My day to day when I'm at the brewery, anyways. Um,
0: yeah, not right now. On, I know what no, I know what it looks like I'm, right now. <laughs> now I'm
1: on maternity leave. Um, is usually um, the first thing I do try to do when I get in is like check in with all my teams. Uh, I guess right. I would say so. We kind of have, at that time in the day, we just have one brewer on the brew deck. So right now, through the summer anyways, we're brewing about 20 hours a day. Holy shit. So we have a brewer that starts at four in the morning. Um... Which is insane. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. I admire them. Even though sometimes I still get up, there's, get up at four in the morning, but I go back to bed.
0: There's certain people that love that though, getting up. Yeah, that early.
1: well, they're done at noon, yeah. so have a nap a and of, enjoy the afternoon. A lot of time for the yeah. day. Um, so we're brewing twenty hours a day. So I'm, I'm trying to touch base with everybody like how the morning went. Um, so check in with the brewer, check in with the seller team. Um, usually the, you know, what we're brewing that day is. You know, can be fairly straightforward unless we're doing like a one-off. Or I try to schedule those for when I'm actually in the building. Um, But yeah, the cellar is probably where it gets really crazy because we're doing everything: we're centrifuging, we're dry hopping, we're. It's it's also like a larger group of people working at once. Right.
0: How many tanks do you guys have?
1: Um, lots. (laughs) (laughs) We have um, fifteen fermenters inside. 14 fermenters outside, and then we have we're one of the few breweries in Vancouver that have horizontal conditioning tanks. Okay. Yeah. Um partially because of just the way the building is. Um, the ceilings are
0: pretty low for seven Well such we a have big, yeah.
1: we have a section of high ceiling. Um it's like a it's like a nineteen it's like a mid century warehouse. It's yeah. actually really cool, like lots of exposed wood beams and quite a bit of natural light but yeah there's an area of low ceiling so we have horizontal conditioning tanks which are great for um loggers and um we used to like put flagship in there to well we still do actually transfer flagship in there to like settle out yeast right um so yeah we've got Eight of those, and then. Six so, how many things. people are in that yeah.
0: cellar, that cellar on that seller that seller team? Um, then normally,
1: the total brew team, brewing and seller, like a lot of people are cross-trained, which is something I learned over losing people that yeah. you need to have people that can do everything.
2: Yeah.
0: It,
1: um, uh, is eight people. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, working across those shifts. So, like I say, twenty hours of brewing, <clears throat> and then um, the seller shifts are running probably more like. 18 hours a day. So, yeah. Wow.
0: And, okay, so... 16,
1: 18 hours a day.
0: So you've checked in with the teams. Checked
1: in with the teams. Go to the lab. Check out what's going there. Um, Like I say, our our lab manager, Dan, is amazing. So he's totally on top of (laughs) everything. And he's super organized. (laughs) Um, So... Usually, it's a check-in, yeah. like, hey, is everything okay? <laughs> yep. Or, no, it's not. we got to talk about this. And yep. uh, so, checking in with everybody. Um, and then, honestly, it's it's like a lot of planning yeah. and procurement and, like, non-fun. Well, I, I enjoy it, but, like, a lot of... It's not brewing.
0: No, it's organizing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do, you do all the ingredients mm-hmm. still, or does somebody else do that now? I do that. You do that, yeah. Uh,
1: I don't do the packaging materials, but... Yeah. Um, I am not willing to like let go of the brewing materials. Yeah. Because it's a lot with brewing materials is relationships with your supplier and mm-hmm. I feel like you really have to kind of maintain those relationships because sometimes you need to call in favors. Yeah. Uh well, pretty often you need to call in favors. Um just to see, you know, I need malt today.
0: Yeah. Can you get it here please? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um so I've held on to those you know, things that I need to do. Yeah. So I do all the ordering, I do all the hop contracting, I do, um, yeah, all of all the material procurement for brewing. And then a lot of it is scheduling how we're gonna do our brews, like the best way to schedule, you right. know, best use of tanks, um, best use of manpower. It, mm-hmm. it is, like, a lot of people management, which is, I think I said earlier, kind of not what I wanted to do, but at the same time, it is a lot of, like, nerdy beer stuff when we get into, like, lab results and trends on what direction our beers are going, making new recipes. Um, we're not a brewery that puts out a new beer. Like, we don't put out 52 beers a year. No, you're
0: not twin sales, yeah.
1: Uh, but when we do put out a beer, it's going out, you know, we have a wider distribution, so yeah. it has to sort of hit the nail on the head.
0: What's the smallest smallest batch you guys will do for something like that? Well,
1: our brew house is a 50 hectoliter brew house, and I think the the smallest batch that we can do comfortably and have everything work right is around like 25, 30 hectoliters. Okay, yeah. Um, And we would generally reserve that for a beer like a bigger beer right higher abv maybe like an imperial stout yeah like we basically need to go down to 25 or 30 hex to fit all the green in yeah um or barrel aged products but even then it's like it's a little bit too big for beers like that so it would be nice to have like a a second you know like 10 or 15 hex system or something like that right but, so you
0: can do the small yeah. super small batch stuff yeah i don't
1: know if you've been to steamworks recently though but uh space is definitely so, a premium for this us, is embarrassing
0: so. but i've actually never been to i've been to steamworks the tasting room right because you guys hosted uh I yeah, we you used were to do still the working malt, there kevin you know, yeah, yeah we used yeah. to the malt reports there. yeah and so yeah. i was there i've been there a couple times for that but I've never been in the back.
1: Really? Oh. Yeah.
0: When you go back to work, I'll, we'll come by and, yeah. and have a visit. Because it'd be cool Definitely. to see. Eric's and, been there before. Yes. I did know. Yeah, he, I, have
1: a, I have a side uh, hop business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a hot hustle? That's, sh- that, that's no where all way. the money is actually no, at. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so um, with, with the general managing of everything, do you have time for creativity? Or do you have a team that kind of does the creative side of things to, to create new recipes and
1: yeah I definitely have time for that. um it definitely starts with a collaborative approach with um what type of beer that we're actually try- what niche we're trying to fill with that beer um so we make a lot of beers that uh, we will you know the smaller batch stuff we'll just go ahead and do it and uh but with certainly with the bigger releases, it starts with a collaborative effort with the sales team even like what what shelf space do we want to fill how how what flavor profile are we kind of looking for? And then they kind of just let me go from there.
0: Is that just with the BC sales? Like you could, you guys do some sales across Canada and I know into Europe, but the conversation for, for creativity, is it just with the BC based team?
1: Yes. Yeah. So you kind
0: of take into consideration, okay, this is what BC needs and then we'll send beer
1: elsewhere if needed. And I would say it's a very sort of quick conversation at the beginning about what general aspects of a beer that they're looking for and then they give the rest to
0: they're like we want a wheat beer we want a hazy ipa
1: yeah except when we did flagship they just said they wanted an ipa so
0: okay. ah so we lucky just, them <laughs> i'm
1: not even a hundred percent certain they knew it was going to be hazy until after I don't think they did know. uh because i think there was some graphics that were done and the beer was clear and i was like yes. oh yeah,
2: yeah shit i was yeah. the, i was there at that time Hopefully. and yeah i remember i
0: remember that <laughs> So, so that worked out well. Yeah, yeah, no shit. It really yeah. did. Like everything, the timing for that beer for for flagship worked out well. I remember I'd never heard of it before until you guys won the BC Beer Award for it that year, and and I tried it at um, at the the fest and uh, or the BC Beer Awards. And then I I um, the only other hazy I tried at that point in time was from Bridge, but it was when. Um,
1: Side cut.
0: Yeah, side yeah. which was Jeremy, I think. It well, there yeah. was like original was a, side
1: cut, and then there was yeah. like
0: there was a bit of a transition. Of yeah, yeah. So I'd never had it before, yeah. and um, yeah, it was crazy. So did you guys? know beforehand that that was like a trend that you were trying to hit that was starting to become popular in the U S or,
1: uh, we did know that. I yeah. guess we didn't do a very good job of sharing that with our sales, sales and marketing team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we did know that and we knew that there was nothing else like it in yeah. the, um, in the market. Yeah. And it was interesting cause I sometimes have some input on the name of beers and the marketing of beers, but, um, sometimes I stay out of that discussion. Um, So the name Flagship IPA was already going to happen regardless. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was kind of interesting. So I knew we had to make something splashy, put it that way. Right. Uh, But yeah, I I don't think uh, it would be amazing if we could replicate that again. That was such an amazing ride that that beer had.
2: Well, it it did so much for Steamworks at that time, too. I think that was the sort of big splash if you you know as you said splashy beer but yeah as, at, at that in the industry of going like hey like everyone knows steamworks we've been ar- around for years but all of a sudden this was like this new exciting beer and ever i think everyone was kind of like sort
1: of put us on the map yeah like, yeah little i think bit. i think yeah. with the new yeah, especially which, being kind of on that as a larger craft yeah. brewery kind of like on the edge of that but
2: yeah yeah well i
0: think um, especially with like the newer to craft beer you yeah. know people mm-hmm. right and and like it kind of allowed you guys to hop on the wave that. Yeah. Started to happen in, in 2013, and, um, and and yeah, become a, a cool brewery for a big brewery, right? Yeah, but That's I sort of felt like. Yeah. But uh, but I also think too that there's I know like and I can't remember if it was if it was you I was talking to at Steamworks or that sometimes you know when you're a larger brewery there's this kind of like okay well are we when you get larger it's hard to stay. I guess trendy In a sense Because the The customer is So knowledgeable now That they're like Well we want to support These guys Because they don't Actually do distribution Because of that small And there's this
1: Hyper local Yeah and there's But there's
0: also a mindset That smaller batch Is better tasting Which Mm -hmm. isn't The case always or ever really, because there's no, the same systems aren't in place Mm for, for quality control because you don't have the money to spend on, on all the lab equipment and everything like that. Um, sure. From a creativity point of view, it's always interesting because you don't have to sell it to, you know, a whole bunch of different people. Um, you just have to sell it to those hyper local, you know, beer nerds, I guess that they'll come by and buy it from you. But I always thought that Steamworks beer was always really high quality um, the Pilsner, I always remember when, when, but Steel and Oak first opened, um, I was VCBW week and we didn't have any beer ready yet. Um, smoked half was the first beer that we had, but it wasn't ready for another week. But I was on, um, uh, they booked me on the CTV morning show for VCBW, um, because we were the newest brewery, but we didn't have any beer. <laughs> and so, uh, so I brought, I parlayed into bringing some of my favorite beers from, uh, from, from BC, um, which I actually think Looked really good on us As a brewery They're like This is really fucking cool These Well played mm-hmm. Yeah well I mean I wasn't that smart It was just by <laughs> accident but, but I remember I brought Steamworks Pilsner Was one of the beers Because I always really liked Drinking that Pilsner It was super clean And um, a lot of craft breweries Weren't making Lager beer yet And um, But I remember I can't and I'm, I can't remember her name But she was working At uh, at Steamworks at the time mm-hmm. I think she was actually on maternity leave at the time, and Probably she sent me
1: Marnie. Yeah, and yeah. she
0: sent me an email just to say thank you, and I was like, "That's such a pro move to you know to to reach out and be like, hey, yeah. I watched it, we appreciate it, yeah. right?" And um, but like, I feel that for a bigger brewery, that you guys have done a really good job of still being uh, a beer that the craft beer nerds still pick up and try what's new, right? So it's
1: it's definitely a very conscious effort. Um, on our part to do that. And mm-hmm. it is at times very challenging because of the size of the system that we have yeah. and uh, kind of where our beer gets sold. You have to make a certain amount. But if you want to make something really kind of on the fringe or something really interesting, it's also hard to sell that much beer. You know what For I mean? For sure. Um, so it's definitely a challenge, but it's been a, a very conscious effort on our part to start releasing like bottle conditioned beers. Yeah. And, you know, I actually learned a ton from doing. Uh, collaboration with Dagrad right, yeah. on bottle conditioning because yeah. it hadn't been something that we had really forayed into uh, at Steamworks. Because it's to a that. pain in the ass. It is a pain <laughs> in the ass, um, but it's it also makes some really it delicious does. beers. We, so
0: we d- we literally just got rid of Dagrad's uh, gravity filler to do some bottle conditioning beer because they were generous and loan it to us all the time. Yes. Actually, we had we to pick, borrowed
1: it, too. We actually and picked
0: it up at Brassneck because <laughs> they were borrowing it. People so it's
1: always let... Always la- Steamworks is borrowing this. Well, we actually very recently just cut our own, but... Oh, really? Yeah.
0: So I know who to come to if it's uh, <laughs> yeah. being used. That's great. Yeah. Um, where do you get your creativity from? Like, the inspiration?
1: Um, mostly from my own love of drinking and eating. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I was saying, I love baking, I love cooking, and I... That is mostly also driven from really just enjoying eating. Um, yeah. I just love food <laughs> mm-hmm. and drink. Um, so I try to, you know, just in my daily life, I get exposed to try to go, go to lots of different restaurants and as much as I can with three kids. But um, it's probably, yeah, I would say mostly culinary. Yeah. And um,
0: what's your favorite go to restaurant? <sighs> Not well, the, not necessarily like the best eating experience you've ever had, but like, what's your like go to if you're gonna have a, like get a sitter in and go out?
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, not well, taking kids. We like
1: to we like to stay pretty local so we don't have to go very far. Actually, um, there is a Steamworks connection to this, but a new restaurant, Dachi, just opened up. In oh Hastings yeah, I've heard Sunrise. of it. Yeah. And um, we have now been there three times. I think the first time we went there, we did it wrong. We just got like one plate each, and it's definitely a share plate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Type of situation. We went with another couple the second time, and ordered like half the menu, and it was one of the most glorious meals I've ever wow. had. And then we also went there for my birthday and ordered the entire menu. I'm awesome. pretty sure. Well,
0: wow. what's the Steamworks
1: connection? Um, uh, our lead brewer Brett, his partner is one of the. Oh, okay. Of it. Oh,
0: cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, we, it used I, to
1: be where Capignolo Roma was, yeah. which I know for our neighborhood, was a, people were up in arms about ready. them yeah. leaving. Yeah. But it's been a really. Amazing addition to the neighborhood, and uh, yeah, it's really tasty. Yet so yet we've there, we've done a few date nights there, date nights there recently. Um, Wagon Rouge is another one. Yeah, that one we of go to a lot.
0: Our um, our lead brewer on the floor, um, we call him Chef. His name is Brian, but he used to work for the the Bistro Wagon Rouge guys, mm-hmm. and and he was a, got a cook there for a while. And yeah. uh, but I've heard awesome things. Another place I haven't been to yet,
1: and Aleph, I guess, or Ale. Uh, I don't know how to. Yeah. I don't know how it's to say like, it. But it's, it's like a, a Middle Eastern yeah. um, restaurant, also on Powell, kind of like near Wagon Rouge. Yeah. so good.
0: I obviously haven't explored well like
2: that that area well enough yeah there's been like a decent it's a uh,
1: good influx of yeah
2: and there's even that, that uh, trans am stuff. is trans there am which is really I've, I've actually yet to be but all i hear is it's just this crazy little tiny spot that does good for yeah.
1: bevies yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah
2: the
0: because i leave new west so rarely because of the kids as well um when i go out to the big smoke i call it in vancouver <laughs> and i
2: always tell him that that
0: <laughs> i'm what pretty you, sure the big smoke is, is, is toronto, toronto yeah, <laughs> yeah. i tell him that every time <laughs> <laughs> and um, the uh But I always end up We I end up at the McKenzie room Quite often Because it's awesome And yeah, it's um, And Or we'll go to Savio Because I just mm-hmm. Know that And the service at Savio Is incredible too um, But I don't get to leave That often anymore Which is Which is yeah. I, I try to I try to leave a little bit more I we was definitely
1: out. work in our radius You know Yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah Whereas when you're going out From New West Like <clears throat> we have a couple good Restaurants here now um, mm-hmm. Like kind of more High concept stuff That's great And uh, But really there's only two of them and so like you can only do that so often Mm -hmm. right right um circling back to to the industry um away from steamworks what do you think is one of the bigger challenges that we face i guess as a bc brewing industry that you that you see right now
1: uh well there's just so many breweries right now and i think um Steamworks is lucky in a sense that we have some pretty established shelf space but there's so many breweries and also just the consumer wants are changing so rapidly yeah um so it's hard to react to that as a business like uh it's really strange to me to see all these for example light loggers coming out right now yeah um whereas
2: when when you're like you put your hand up you're like we've been doing that for
1: (laughs) well if you yeah if you if you said, Oh, do you wanna brew a light lager, I'd be like, Uh ah, well yeah. it's not it's not the most exciting beer to brew by any means. If people want to drink it, then yeah. then you know you know, maybe we'll brew it. But right. um, but it's it's really hard even two years ago I would have never or a year ago or six months ago I wouldn't have even inset, wouldn't have said, Oh, a bunch of breweries are gonna be coming out with light lagers. Yeah. Um, I blame the stupid keto diet.
0: Oh, interesting, because yeah
1: Because a lot of people that I know are doing that diet right. and That's the high s-
0: meat one, right? What's it's
1: like high like fat
0: High fat, yeah Okay no It's carb, like absurdly high fat, carb. no carbs Yeah, I think my sister-in-law is doing it. <laughs> yeah, that.
1: people are doing it uh, And I think that's where we see like those neutral vodka soda Or nude vodka yeah. sodas And they actually say on them like zero grams of carbs yeah. And I saw Stanley Park yesterday came out with a beer, Yeah, I just saw that, and too. And it shows the calories and the carbs and prime time yeah. from Bridge. So it's um, um it's kind of freaking me out of it honestly. G-
0: grocery stores now are actually having, like, they'll write on their shelf talkers, like, keto-friendly. Yeah. Right? It's hmm. it's
1: all the rage. So I I blame that. Um. But, yeah, if you'd asked me six months ago if that was going to be the trend yeah. going Especially into the in, summer, uh, yeah. I would have said. Especially
2: in in In, in craft. Yeah, it's yeah. like... It seems like there's already a market for that, and it doesn't seem like craft is the place for it. But, but
0: Well, I, I know, like, I mean, I can't speak for light lager, but, I mean, I know that when whenever I go to another brewery, and they have, like, a, a Pilsner, I'm like, that's yeah. what I want to try. Yeah. And But I also think it's like, when you're in the industry, you drink enough that a lot of times you just want a Pilsner or something yeah. that's, like, light and crushable. And when, when I was down in Denver for the um, the conference, um, they do that stats course every, or the stat seminar on like what the, you know, the, the fastest growing beer style is. And obviously ipay is always at the top, but like the fastest growing new style right now is they call it crispy lager, crispy, lager. which I guess is a nicer way to say light lager, but, um, nicer. <laughs> yeah, so I, it's, I, I guess we're all going to have, you know, crispy longer tank, longer tank time, uh, beers coming out. I mean, we've, we're, we're idiots at Steel and Oak. We make three lagers all year round and, um, and so it's a major pain in the ass to to just keep stock and the production cycle going properly. And we're not that big, so we store kegs for an insane amount of time until the next batch comes out. We give it a full six weeks. So it's like, you know, I can't imagine what a brewer like Daggerad has to go through from their product management mm-hmm. with uh, giving all those beers the extra couple weeks for bottle conditioning. But light lager, okay. So are you going to make a light lager? Do you make a light lager already?
1: No, um, all of like we have Steamworks Pilsner, obviously, yeah. obviously, and then we also have uh, Steamworks Premium Craft Lager, which is fi- it's still five percent. It's not yeah. a lager. Yeah, um, I don't know. Mm. I don't know.
0: I don't think we'll be making. I that.
1: know that, like, in a sense, we're kind of lucky that we the brewery is set up well for doing yeah. pilsner. For yeah. It yeah. Was, like I say, we have those horizontal tanks, and that's kind of where Steamworks Pilsner came yeah. from. So.
0: Huh. Does Pilsner still do as well as it always has? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. It's definitely um, definitely in our one of our top brands, for sure. It's fun. definitely a beer that I always have in my fridge. Yeah.
0: I like, feel like... I
1: don't want to drink 7% IPAs no, all I, the time. No, and I feel
0: like the market's shifting to lower ABV beer. It is, yeah. Right? Because you can still make something super full-bodied and flavorful at a lower ABV. You know, we just came out with an IPA uh, called Win-Win. Um, I guess this will be weeks ago now when the podcast is actually live, but... Um, and I think it was like 4.6%, but it was super full-bodied. Five, 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 five? Yeah, it was over five. It was over five? Yeah, but yeah. so
2: low for an IPA, but but definitely. Yeah. Um, but then, well, obviously, we've got things in the works of, of going lower. Lower, yeah. yeah. But it, it's funny, and, well, you can speak on this, too, with Steamworks, because there was the, what was it, ISA, or an India Session Ale, at which no longer, you guys don't do that anymore, do you?
1: We don't do it anymore. Um, we shifted that into it's a it's a different beer but we shifted like where isa used to be into yeah. hazy pale ale which is well
2: it was like an interesting category though that at the time that's all people wanted bottle rocket from phillips like yeah. i used to crush yeah. that when it first came out but nobody understood what session meant other than craft people like we we understood yeah. if you were in the industry but the consumer was like
1: i love that beer yeah, but it, it was a great beer and it but it never gained a lot of traction from a sales point of view, I don't think.
2: Yeah, I don't think...
0: I mean, I know Phillips doesn't distribute theirs anymore. You can yeah. get it at the, the tap room. Um, I just think session's a yeah. dangerous word. I know uh, David Powell had a session beer for a while that didn't work for him because it was, he thinks, because it was called session. session? Yeah. And um, you're right, like the pale ale would just fill that void and people yeah. would so understand. so we have
1: kind of placed that beer where we used to have... Yeah. Indi- well... First, it was Session IPA, and then... It, no. Session... S, What was it? What were they being called? That? ISAs. ISAs, yeah. and then it was Session IPA. And right.
0: then we... Decided to change it. Decided yeah. to
1: switch it's, out the beer. It's the
0: same thing. We used to do this ESB, um, and it was one of our flagships at the beginning, and it was like our favorite beer as a brewery. Actually,
1: I remember that beer. Yeah,
0: it was 4.6%. Yeah. It's dry hop, but like West Coast hops. It was really nice, and um, but people just didn't understand... None of people in this market understood what an ESB was. And so we took it away. Um, and then, but of course it's the beer that I get like the most complaints, like where's ESB? Where's, what where did you do it? to it? Yeah. And like, why would you take a beer away like that? I'm like, cause you didn't buy enough of it. So like, I can't, <laughs> you know, um, and, and for a beer of our size, they really had to buy a little amount for us to not make it. But, um, but yeah, and it's, it's just weird how the language gets in the way. We've got yeah. this beer called vibrant things and it's like, uh, it's a pale ale, but it's got amchur in it, and but people aren't going to understand what Amture green mango spice is. And then if you put, it's got green mango spice, they're going to think it. But the yeah. reality is, it's yeah. like it's like a super f- fruity pale ale. So we ended up calling it a tropical pale ale,
2: yeah. which I think was the right move. Yeah, and like we just poured it at this past weekend at VCBW, and uh, just the word tropical alone, people are into it. Yeah, like I think I could probably say like. 70% of people that ordered it just said the tropical one you know <laughs> yeah. and that's what we should have called it the tropical wow. one and funny funny enough though we were also pouring subtropic so oh. that kind of created a little bit of we're, hitting all the, we're
0: hitting all the buzzwords <laughs> yes. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but
2: uh But, yeah, a crack marketing team we have. Yeah, well, you know, we do what we can.
1: (laughs) So, you guys make tropical beers.
2: Well, now, apparently. Yeah, we went from being German-rooted lager. And now we make tropical pale. We're giving (laughs) the
0: people what they want. Yeah. Um, What would you say is the beer that you're the most proud of, then, that you've done at Steamworks?
1: Oh, gosh.
0: Or you can say it's Molson Canadian lager. Oh, no, I would not say
1: that. (laughs) Um, Molson Dry. I actually think the beer that I enjoyed making the most, and it was kind of one of our first barrel age re- releases and it it won a, an award at the world beer cup in nashville which was s- like very unexpected yeah um was scarlet so that was like a okay. red rye barley wine oh wow that we aged in rye barrels
0: i don't think i tried that
1: and it was well for steamworks it was, it was, a, it was a very good. small release yeah super boozy very delicious cool. um yeah that that was i don't know i would say that that's uh, among the beers
0: that well, I'm most proud of winning a world beer cup I mean that's like that's big right it and was
1: crazy we weren't even there because I thought oh f- f- why,
0: why but you were in Nashville though. I was We in hung Nashville, out, but yeah but you didn't go to the awards no
1: because I I'm like well you enter how, how many beers can you enter four yeah. beers and I thought well there's a gajillion entries and like the chances are entering low, yeah. in a barrel category is a huge category yeah so I just thought I don't know
0: yeah Let's that I wasn't gonna
1: there's no way it would happen and then um I can't remember who phoned me somebody somebody phoned me and they're like where are you
0: you, you won and
1: we hopped in an uber <laughs> and went straight there and <laughs> that's amazing we were still able to collect our award and get our picture on stage so that's great pretty cool
0: awesome um we're we're kind of getting near the end of it um I guess the thing that I want to leave with is if you had any advice to somebody that's looking to get into the industry um what would that be from your experience
1: well, the interesting thing about so many of the people that have worked at Steamworks, and I think across the industry, is many of them are coming from backgrounds that have absolutely nothing to do with beer. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys both work in radio. I've had like geological engineers and environmental engineers, a lot of engineers actually. Um, people that have worked in restaurants. Um, so it's. I think it ultimately starts with someone who's really excited about beer. Yeah. Um, and if you are willing to start in a brewery kind of on the production line, you can work your way up pretty easily. Like I try to promote everybody from within the brewery whenever that's possible. Yeah. So it's not 100% necessary to go get a degree in, in brewing In brewing, or you can work and do, do it at the same time. Like if you're doing the Institute of Brewing and Distilling diploma or something like yeah. that. Um, not to knock having that technical education. It's super important, but you don't 100% need to have it. And if no. that's like the one thing stopping you saying, oh, I have to go to school for two years, then maybe.
0: Yeah, just hop in. That's just, not the- just
1: just hop in if you can, because frankly, I feel like we are always looking for people because enough people are, you know, leaving BC or yeah. moving on to different things. So you also, I guess, have to be able to afford to work in the industry, I guess, for a little while bef- before you can you know, make a decent living out of it. It's tough. Yeah, for sure.
0: So it's definitely a lifestyle for sure. It's definitely
1: a lifestyle. You have to love it. I wouldn't recommend anybody doing it if they don't love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I Um, think that's a a key thing for sure. I think people see like the, you know, craft beer boom and they're like, all these people are making a ton of money off of it. And that's Hmm. not the case at all. At least it's not at Steel and Oak. But, um, (laughs) but you're right about the, the, you know, the education. I think you just need somebody that is, educated enough in something that's smart yeah. that can problem solve. And yeah. that can, you know, I look at our team right now and one of our younger guys, um, Alex did go, he went to the KPU program, but our head brewer Eric is an engineer. He's a mechanical engineer. Oh, and I know that. yeah. And, uh, and then, then, um, everybody else has got just a varying background of, yeah. of, you know, mm. what they've done throughout their life. Right.
2: Well, and I think it, and then it depends on what you are doing for a brewery too. Like, I mean, if you look at all the different sort of facets of the the business, I mean, there's, you need, you don't always, it's not always about just the people who make the beer, but I mean, all the people that do all the different things around it. And that's where I think that thing about passion for beer and the industry kind of is beneficial or it's beneficial, but also like could put you in a good position to, for a pretty decent job in this industry. Cause really like we all know it's, always changing. I mean, we're doing a podcast now, you know, so it's, it's kind of funny to think that, uh, you know, you could just, if you just have a passion for, for beer, then it's a good place to go and do different things. So. We're doing
0: the podcast so that our radio diplomas aren't worthless. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, I don't really worry too much about my radio diploma, but I had uh, BCIT.
0: That's where we both went to school, Kevin and I, and, and uh, BCIT came in their business entrepreneurship program and they wanted to talk to me about how I, even if you get a certain degree from BCIT, you don't necessarily have to use it. And I was kind of offended <laughs> at the beginning. I was like, I was happy that they thought of me, and that was great. And they came in with the video team, and and uh, they're like, "So how did radio help you open a brewery?" And I really struggled with that. I'm like, I don't know if it did. Uh, I, my
2: my answer would have been, "Didn't pay me enough." But then, I'll, unfortunately, neither does beer. But again, but there's more. Well, there's <laughs> more, more perks now. Cause there I'll, used to be a lot of perks There in used to be a lot of perks And then the corporate radio And then all the perks disappeared oh, And there's no perks no, I remember like one of my Not to go off on a tangent We can delete this maybe But I remember like one of my last well, We like, can't now that you said that <laughs> One of my last like functions at the brewery Before I Or sorry at the radio station Before I had moved on It was like our you know Christmas party But they're like This year uh, we're just going to do a potluck In the station And uh, you can't drink And I was like Excuse me? You're like, You're like, this is over. Yeah, we're, this is we're over. We're breaking up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you worked for one of the largest companies I, in Canada. I, yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah, and you
2: massive.
1: Had a Christmas party?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, if you want to feel unappreciated, that's, <laughs> do that. That's the place to do it. And this yeah.
0: morning you came in, there was a bottle of scotch on your
2: desk. Yeah, so I look know, at that. Right? Oh, they are pretty perks. Good Yeah, it is yeah. good. I know. Yeah. I mean, you didn't give it to me, but uh, no,
0: no, I definitely yeah, did not. But, yeah. anyways, <laughs> well, if you do a better job on this podcast, maybe you will get one. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Okay, um, okay. well, I want to thank uh, Julia Hanlon for being on the show today. Um, this has been Beer Life with Jordan Foss.